So I really pride myself actually on everything I teach is what I have done. Yet there is an order to it. So there are things that I teach that I no longer do, but I still feel really aligned in teaching them because I did do them at an earlier stage in my business and they did move me forward. And I think quite a few people out there teach things that are working for them now as though that's what they did at the start. And I'm like, but that's not what you did at the start. Do you know what I mean? I feel like there is a timelineness to it. Pretty much everything I teach is something I did. I tried it. It worked. I started to try it with a couple of other people. It worked for them. And I'm like, okay, this works. I'm going to teach it bigger. And welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Hutchison, and I'm delighted you're here. On today's episode, I'm chatting to Elizabeth Goddard, who is a multi-offer online business strategist, creator of Day of Voxer, and $9 Offers Queen. Lizzie describes herself as experimental and rule-breaking, which is what I'm excited to hear more about on today's episode. I love discovering how people have done things differently rather than sticking to the accepted norms. Before we hear from Lizzie today, though, I need to tell you about Adventures in Marketing. It's a full day in-person event with an amazing array of professional speakers, including Lizzie, with interesting stories and super useful advice to share that's going to get you fired up and inspired to tackle your marketing and business growth this year. Head over to adventuresinmarketing.uk to snap up one of the final tickets. Pause the podcast for a moment and check it out now, adventuresinmarketing.uk. Now, on with today's episode, and it's time to welcome Elizabeth Goddard to the podcast. Hi, Lizzie. So, first up, Lizzie, I've just described you there using words that I've heard you often use yourself to describe yourself. But for anyone who hasn't maybe bumped into you online before, can you please explain a little bit more about what it is that you do? I always feel bad that I don't have this very succinct, but generally what I say is I create online courses for online business owners about online business things. And there is a huge variety in that. And I think like a real signature of what I do is it's often very innovative, very experimental. I, you know, try things and then teach the ones that work and never talk about the ones that don't work again. My strategies are all quite simple and straightforward and I do things quite lazy quite often. So online courses for online business owners about online business stuff is generally what I say. What I think about when I read this phrase that you use, a multi-offer strategist, what I think about is that you do lots of different things to bring money into your business. Is that what it means to you or slightly different? Yes, it is. So it's moved away a little bit from this, but several years ago when I really started to find like my voice and what I wanted to say in the online business world that was different, like my angle on it, it was a really big era of signature offers, having a big signature offer that you launch, you know, once a year, maybe you've got an evergreen funnel the rest of the time for it. And I just like everything in my body just like rebelled against this idea of niching one signature offer that you launch once a year. I just, I just couldn't do it. I'm like, that is awful. So I really started to, you know, sort of whisper, this was around 2020. I started to whisper like, 
I don't think you have to have a signature offer. I think you can be very successful doing lots of different things and that's okay. And the more I whispered it, the more people sort of like started to listen. So I started to say it louder and louder. And over time, I sort of started to call it multi-offer kind of like in contrast. It's not against, like I'm not against signature offer. Like these absolutely work for some people, but for me, I just can't do it. So multi-offer to me is having lots of different offers at lots of different price points that rather than, you know, like an ascension value ladder type of business model where you have a low cost thing that sells them into the mid cost thing that sells them into the high ticket thing. I much more favor kind of like an ecosystem of offers where all the offers support all the other offers, swirl people around further and further into your business. So I call that like a playground style business. A lot of people would you know, think of it more as like an ecosystem and swirling people around. So all of that is sort of what I mean by multi-offer. It's just shorthand to say that if you work with me, we're not going to work on one thing. <laughs> yeah, that makes complete sense. And you mentioned 2020 there, you started whispering about this, but what was happening before that? Because I'm conscious that if people haven't come across you before who are maybe listening to this episode, they might tag you with that overnight success label. But you've been at this for a while, haven't you? Yes. I'm anything but overnight. So it depends how far back you want to go. I discovered the online business world in 2013. So I have chronic fatigue syndrome. At the time, I had fibromyalgia and depression as well. And I was too ill to work. I was basically housebound. I was living on disability benefits. And my friend was into lifestyle design. It's like a a precursor to digital nomadness, I would say. And she had a newsletter and she used to send things out once a week on this newsletter. I used to get these emails from her. And she was talking about people. She wasn't doing this herself, but she was in communities where people were, you know, traveling the world and working from their laptops and making money doing that. And it's just this light bulb went off in my brain about like, I don't want to travel the world, but if I could, you know, faff around on my laptop in bed and make money, then that would be amazing. And from that, I, discovering this world, I joined some of the programs and such. And I created a business called The Pillow Fort, which was for young people with chronic illness, making chronic illness suck less. It was all about positivity and fun. And we had, you know, a very popular community. There was a digital magazine. I did some paid trainings online. We had a physical products shop, like all sorts of different stuff. If there's ever a group of people that has no money, it is young people with chronic illness, which I learned pretty fast. But I did get some cool opportunities with that. It taught me, you know, MailChimp and WordPress. And I kind of like really got going with online business in that way. And I joined a lot of communities and I was well networked. My health over time did start to get a bit better. And I applied to be a maths teacher because they were going to give me a huge bursary to go and be a maths teacher, which was ridiculous because I had a theology degree, but they're so desperate for maths teachers. They were going to give me this huge bursary. And I had six months before the course started. And I kind of like looked around at my skill set and I was just like, okay, I'm going to be a virtual assistant. I'm going to be a virtual assistant for six months and then I'm going to go be a maths teacher. And 
almost immediately, because I was in the online business world and I had, you know, shown that I can do Canva all right and I know the basic tech and stuff, very, very quickly I got clients, I raised my rates, and things were just going great as a virtual assistant. And you thought, sack the maths. <laughs> well, exactly. Like, so prior to being a virtual assistant, I was faffing around on my laptop all day in bed because I was just ill and bored. And I was just like, okay, now I'm doing the exact same thing I was doing before, but now I'm getting paid for it. This is magical. So I had a, a tarot reading around that time. And I asked, it was Vix Maxwell, she's quite well known, should I go and be a math teacher or should I be a virtual assistant? And she said, and it, it gives me chills thinking about it. She said, I think you're going to be a teacher. It's just not in schools. And I love that looking back. So this was in 2015. This was in 2015. She said this to me, which is funny because, you know, every day now I'm teaching, like I create online courses. I'm teaching. That is what I'm doing every single day. And no, it is not in a school. So I didn't take up the place on the math teacher training course. And I was a accidentally permanent full-time virtual assistant. I started, you know, raising my rates, getting booked up, uh, getting clients, all that sort of stuff. It was going really well. So that into 2016, I started using ConvertKit, the email marketing software. And I was quite an early adopter, like not in the very, very early, but I was pretty early to ConvertKit. And I really liked it. And I started putting out some ConvertKit specific offers. So like ConvertKit migration and that sort of thing, because I was a virtual assistant and I was leaning more tech because it came quite easily to me. So I started offering ConvertKit specific services and it's a whole story, but basically I became one of the first four ConvertKit certified experts in the world. And I just lent into ConvertKit for several years. So I was like the queen of ConvertKit. Like I spent all day in the Facebook group answering people's questions. I had a membership. I had a group program. I did loads of one-to-one. Like, so for many years, I was, you know, ConvertKit certified expert and also tech VA because it all integrates together, doesn't it? And eventually over time, I had things to say outside ConvertKit. And some of my you know, VA clients, virtual assistant clients, I would sort of tell them, here's what I think you should do. Like just almost like intuitively, like I think you should do this. And they would do it and it would work really, really well. And I sort of over time, and it took me a long time to be comfortable that I was naturally very good at giving like online business and marketing advice. Because, you know, there's a lot of people out there who say like, you need qualifications. I've got all this experience and knowledge. And I'm just like, well, I just sort of say what I think would be good and generally it's good. So I started to, you know, move more into strategy type stuff, like with clients. Then I started teaching courses more so. So all of these were like super overlapping. So I was doing virtual assistant work. I was doing ConvertKit stuff. I was starting to do strategy stuff. I was starting to create courses. And just over time, like the ratios of all of those shifted. So more and more, I was doing the course type of stuff. And I sort of slowly let go of my virtual assistant clients. And then in 2020, when the pandemic hit, so we adopted our girls mid 2019. And then the pandemic hit in 2020. And I just couldn't do calls anymore. 
So some of the things I had been doing just like stopped off, like all the VA clients when all the ConvertKit strategy calls just went and I sort of lent into the courses. I think I remember seeing some content that you put out at that time. You put out a picture of yourself sitting at a desk beside a mirror and a window and just going, I've kind of burned everything to the ground because I've had to. That is ringing a bell for me. (laughs) I think I'm always quite like open and real. I don't put, I I can't be bothered. Honestly, I can't be bothered (laughs) to put a gloss on anything in my life. Like it's a mess. This is the only clear wall in like my whole house. You can see me on the camera if people (laughs) listening can't, but I'm in front of a clear wall. That is the only one in the whole house. So yeah, like 2020 was a really, really big year for me because everyone was coming online. And up to that point, I had created more and more about doing business online. And I'm just like, okay, well, I think it's go time then. And 2020 was a really, really big year for my business off the back of that. Yeah. Although you say, uh, you know, I don't have a gloss and I try things and see what works. But I know that at that point you will have gone, right, now is my moment. And you will have made a decision about what to do next. By that point, I had a bunch of paid life trainings that I had turned into courses. I had a handful of them, like quite a lot of them. I like creating courses, basically, and trainings. And I had a bunch of them. And it was in 2020 that I just made them kind of like, just going to make this, just going to make this, just going to do this. And it was in 2020 that I sort of looked at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, they fit together. All these puzzle pieces fit. If I turn this one around and if I move this one over here, it starts to create a picture. And then I'm like, wait, but I'm missing one here. I need to fill in that gap of what I'm doing. And this one, yeah, it's been good, but I don't need that puzzle piece. I could just see the picture for the first time. And in summer 2020, I launched the Profitable Playground, which I just closed towards the end of last year. So I ran it for three years, which is bananas for me because anything over about six weeks and I'm bored. But that was a higher ticket group program that was basically really starting to lean into you can have a business that is fun and you try things and there's lots of different things going on and you don't have to super niche down. You don't have to focus on one thing. So I saw all the pieces I'd created and I sort of moved them around. And then I put out this program, The Profitable Playground, which I want to be clear, like it was never a signature offer. So yes, it was my most expensive and it encompassed everything I had done but it never accounted for more than 25% of my income the three years that it ran. So I call it my extravaganza program. It was never my signature program. It was my extravaganza program. So that was quite significant also in 2020 for something I did. And do you think that the reason you had this realisation that all of these different trainings and courses fitted together, is that because you had created them as your own business evolved? So it was this kind of timeline or not really? Yes. So I really pride myself actually on everything I teach is what I have done. Yet there is an order to it. So there are things that I teach that I no longer do, but I still feel really aligned in teaching them because I did do them at an earlier stage in my business and they did move me forward. And I think quite a few people out there teach things that are working for them now as though that's what they did at the start. And I'm like, but that's not what you did at the start. Do you know what I mean? I feel like 
there is a timelineness to it. Pretty much everything I teach is something I did. I tried it, it worked. I started to try it with a couple of other people. It worked for them. And I'm like, okay, this works. I'm going to teach it bigger. Personally, and I know that I speak for my husband and business partner, John, who will be editing this episode. So hi, John, you can have a laugh at this. (laughs) I sometimes find it hard to keep track of all of the ideas that I have. And I know that it can be a bit of a pain in the neck for the team. How would you say that you handled this in your business? So I worship the shower gods. Earlier this month, I trademarked the shower gods because I worship them so much. And I just don't think my team and how I work with my team and what my team do is remotely typical of a business of my size and scale. So all of my team find out, oh, we're doing a summit in three months or, oh, we're launching this new thing. Oh, there's a flash sale. Oh, we're doing a get it done week next week. They find out when I post in my group with everybody else. Like there is virtually no plan of what is coming up. I don't really work in that way. So the way I work, I know what I'm doing now. I have a pretty good idea what I'm doing next. And then I have an idea after that, but it gets vaguer and vaguer as I move forward. And when I have an idea from the shower gods, I have a decision, where am I going to put this? Is this so urgent and important and exciting that I want to do it now alongside whatever else I'm doing? And that often happens. Or will I do this next and like bump along the next thing? Or will I kind of like slot it in further on? Or will I just like email myself and never think about it again? And it goes into one of those slots and then it happens or it doesn't happen. And sometimes, you know, I'll have an idea for a long time and then the shower gods will tell me it's go time. And I'm just like, oh, okay, that's today. Right, off we go then. This has happened so many times for so many things. So the way I work with my team, because I was a VA, I'm very fortunate to be able to do all the bits myself. I can do all the tech, all the emails, all the setup. So I can go from idea to making money in hours myself. And then my team, bless them, have to sort of like come along behind whatever I have done that random Thursday morning. (laughs) (laughs) So you talked about retiring things and slotting things in. What would you say you're focused on right now in your business? So right now, my wife and I are launching a brand new business, completely separate new business. And we are also this year launching a charity, like a proper full charity. So I'm very excited and very focused on both of those things. I don't think I've got any, I mean, I've always got big plans for all sorts of things. But like this year, the focus for my business is more on sorting out some of the behind the scenes, some of the systems. So like you said, I might look like an overnight success. I've actually been doing this over 10 years now. I've been in this world. But there has been very rapid growth since 2020. And some of the systems and just like the organization, the processes behind the scenes are a mess. They just reflect how I am because it's just me just like plowing forward. And I'm just like, yeah, I need to fix some of that. So I think this year is uh, not a stabilizing year, but it's just like I need to sort some stuff out because I have plowed forward at the detriment of people being able to help me, quite honestly. Like, yes, like my team doesn't really know what's going on and can't really help me, but 
that is also a problem. So I need to be looking at some of that this year. Okay. And will you be able to maintain your revenue at the same time? Are you happy to share any goals around that? Or is it really going to be kind of leveling off? So last year, for the first time, I hit seven figures in dollars. So I charge in dollars, I think in dollars, everything is dollars. So I hit seven figures in dollars for the first time last year, which was very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. And that's because most of your audience is in the US, is that right? Or a big chunk of them? No, it's very international. So about 50% is North American. And then about 25% is UK. And then the remaining 25% is like everywhere else. So the reason I charge in dollars is because the first one to many things I did were all ConvertKit related. People pay for ConvertKit in US dollars. It would have made no sense if I had like a membership. I, you know, when I set my currency in Samcar, I had to pick one currency and I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be dollars. And I've just never changed that. So that is why I charge in dollars. And also because back in the day, I was very much joining programs and memberships of American business owners and coaches and stuff. That's just who I naturally found and started to learn from. And it just was dollars. So I, I just went with dollars. And you make lots of dollars. <laughs> it's nice being in America because I make lots of dollars. So last year was the first year I did seven figures, which was very exciting. I, since I started like my virtual assistant business, this business in 2015, I have made more every year. And that kind of like freaks me out at this point because I'm just like, is that sustainable? But like, I want to beat it every year. So I would like to do seven figures dollars again. My next goal is pounds, seven figures. But I don't know, like the new business we're starting and the charity, my attention is starting to shift to, okay, I've figured out making money. What good can I do with that money? I'm reaching the point where it's kind of just like, you can't just keep making money for the sake of making money. There has to be a point to this. Because what's my next goal? Like 2 million, 5 million, 8 figures. Like when does it end? Like what's the point of that? So I would like to make about the same amount this year. And I'd like 7 figures dollars would be lovely. But you just never know what way the year is going to go. And if, you know, I get to November and I'm just like, well, I survived the year and it's going to be 500k, then so be it almost, I know, you know. <laughs> I used to be very like money goals focused, but having hit the biggest one that people strive for the longest in many ways, I mean, dollars, pounds, whatever, I've done that. I need something other than money goals now, I suppose. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Yes. Maybe you should go into politics. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I would. I would. I was very, very involved in my students' union when I was at university and I did a lot of students' politics stuff nationally, National Union of Students and stuff. So I have politics in my past, shall we say. <laughs> it might come out again one day. Okay. <laughs> i like retire at 45 or something and then go be a politician for the fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about adventures in marketing. Yes. You're going to be joining us for a Q&A session. Yes. And we've covered this today. You are very open with your community generally. Yes. But is there anything that you really do or don't want to talk about on stage? Um, I don't think there's anything I won't talk about. I'll talk about anything, I think. And, you know, last year, actually, I was doing an activity, a retreat I was at, and 
it was this was hours long activity, but basically you had to get your core values down to one value. And the one that I settled on that I'm like, actually, that's right, was openness. Like openness is my core value in both in terms of being open with other people, but also being open to every, I can just feel like I'm a very open person. So I'm happy to talk about anything. In terms of what sort of things do I want to talk about? I really like talking about, I don't know how to phrase it other than the stuff that matters, the stuff that actually impacts people. So I'm I'm very open about the different things that impact my ability to work and how my brain works and all that. So, you know, I have adopted children with some additional needs. I have chronic fatigue syndrome. I have ADHD. I'm queer with a wife. I'm vegan. There's just so many random things about my life and my identity. And all of those impact how I run my business, how I show up in my business, who I do and don't want to work with and all that sort of stuff. And I feel like a lot of conversations in the online business world are very much about like, what's the best list building strategy? And these are important conversations. Like these are, you know, business strategy conversations like list building. And I can't think of anything but list building right now, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like like sales calls and sales strategies and marketing. I'm here to talk about marketing. That's fine. But I also love to talk about the things that impact what our options are when it comes to list building, the things that impact what our options are when it comes to sales calls or supporting clients or all that sort of stuff. Because I feel like a lot of the teachers in the online business world are still men. That is the predominant narrative in the online business world, like bro marketing, which I don't think just is just happening for men, but that's the predominant marketing still. And those conversations are not happening in bro marketing spaces. And, you know, I've been to events that are predominantly women in attendance, but the conversations and the people on stages are predominantly men without any context of, hey, maybe you've got kids and maybe those kids need you and maybe you have to cancel things. So you've got some guy on the stage talking about like, commit no matter what, you have to be dedicated, you have to give, and just like all of this, like if you break your word, you're scum of the earth, like all of this, like you can't build a successful business without all these things. And I'm just like, you are saying this to a room full of women, many of whom have children, with various needs, various, you know, relationships and support from their partners, like all of this, like, so I'm really passionate about having those conversations. And part of this is me being open about my life, what I do in these situations, like, I'm quite known in my audience for I reschedule quite a lot. This is actually the first podcast I have done in years, because I really struggle with them from kind of like an anxiety perspective, like a health perspective, I just get really psyched out. I don't know what's going to happen and stuff. I'm fine with you because I've met you and I know you, but I've really struggled with it in the past. And I'm really known for my audience for rescheduling. And I said it was coming on this day, but you know what? I wasn't going to stay up till 3am doing it. It's coming the next day and everyone's going to be fine. And changing the plan, making it work for me and being open about that. And I get so much gratitude for giving people permission to actually just be a human. And I just feel like 
the human conversation, being a human and running a business is what I want to talk about. Excellent. I've seen you do that. I've seen that in action and it is incredibly refreshing to see. And it does make me as a member of your audience feel, oh, maybe I don't have to do all these things all the time. Maybe I can let a plate drop or let something slip now and again. Exactly. Because like if I had a migraine today, yeah, I could still be here. But is that serving your audience? Is that beneficial to anyone? Or am I better off just emailing and saying, I've got a migraine, can we reschedule? Because, and generally in my experience, when you ask to reschedule something, the other person goes, oh, thank goodness, I needed to as well, but I didn't want to say it. Like it happens every time. Yes, exactly that. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, like the humanness. I think that conversation is going to start to come through more because it's going to have to, but I want to, I want to be talking about the human stuff as well as business stuff and how they interact. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. And I was thinking about this because a couple of the speakers who we had booked a long time ago to speak at Adventures in Marketing had to cancel. And both of them were women and both of them had to cancel for family reasons. Yeah. And it really reminded me of how much still rests on our shoulders. It doesn't really matter what your situation is. It does. Yeah, absolutely. So much rests on your shoulders as a woman, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And we have to be understanding that, you know, I'm not going to go back and give them a hard time. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have to be understanding yeah. and hopefully help to change the world so that it works better for more people. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so Adventures in Marketing. Can't wait to see you there. Once that's over, what else have you got lined up that you're excited about? You've hinted at a few things. Oh my gosh, I'm the worst for this. So I tease things in my group all day long. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) It's like I'm a professional teaser, basically, at this point. And then people ask me about these things. And I'm like, I have no idea what I was teasing about. Like, I I don't remember. Like, sometimes I'll look at posts and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I was hyped about something. But who knows what it was because it didn't happen straight away. (laughs) So I'm speaking at a heart-centered business conference in Australia. Wow. In September, which I'm very excited about. I'm sure I will do some sort of bigger like summit, virtual summit type of event again this year because I really enjoy doing those because I'm strange. (laughs) And then honestly, it's it's this new business in charity and I can't tell you just yet what they're about, but I'm very, very excited for both of them. I'm really, particularly with the new business, originally it was going to come under the umbrella of my business until we sort of realized like, no, I think this is its own thing for a variety of reasons. It's not part of my personal brand. It's separate to that. Okay. And I'm really, having been in the online business world for over 10 years and having been in this business for coming up to nine years now, I'm really excited to have a fresh start and like do it right from the get-go. Like, I feel like, it's a fresh start with everything I have learned over the last 10 years. And I'm really excited to see how fast and how well we can we can grow that. So more information will be coming about that very soon. But that's gonna be a big, big focus this year and kind of and then secondarily like stabilizing some things behind the scenes in my main business. Okay, so off the back of that, you definitely are a professional teaser. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know, I know. And second of all, this time round, it probably will be an overnight success, just based on everything you've learned so far. Yeah. Overnight success is such an interesting phenomenon because I feel like all an overnight success is is a lot of people finding out about you very quickly. Yeah. That's all it is, regardless of how long you've been doing it, regardless of how many people knew about you before. It's just like going viral. Going viral, yeah. Like, a lot of people find out about you very quickly, so yeah. So that's the plan for this new business. Hopefully, that is the plan. I think it is a, a one signature offer business as well, interestingly. Oh, okay. So there's one thing you will be able to buy. It's still in the online business space, but there's one thing you'll be able to buy. And yeah, I'm excited to start afresh, start again and see what we can do with it. Excellent. Okay, well, I won't pressure you to share anymore. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today and for answering all my questions. I'm really looking forward to asking you even more when you're on stage at Adventures in Marketing in Edinburgh. And I know that having heard about your business, people listening are going to want to follow along. So where is the best place for them to do that? If you go to my website, elizabethgoddard.co.uk forward slash pod, P-O-D, there will be the best, uh, most topical links for you there. Super organized. Brilliant. We'll make sure we share that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. And I'll see you very soon. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Take care. enjoyed this episode of the audience growth podcast with lizzie goddard for me lizzie is an expert at testing and creating in the open so do follow along with her to get more insights into exactly how she does that and make sure you book your ticket to hear lizzie speak at adventures in marketing on the 8th of february if you already know you're coming along then send me a dm on instagram with any questions you'd like lizzie to answer when she's on stage in edinburgh My Instagram is at Nikki Hutchison. I'll also be back next with another podcast episode very soon. We're squeezing in some extra ones right now with the speakers from Adventures in Marketing. So you don't have to wait until Friday. Keep an eye on your podcast player and make sure you've subscribed so that you can see each brand new episode when it goes live. Until then, have a great day and do consider joining us at Adventures in Marketing. It's going to be amazing and you can be part of it just like Lizzie. Grab your ticket now at adventuresinmarketing.uk. Until next time, take care and keep marketing.